Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining us for another episode of the M365 Voice. My name is Sarah Hazy. And I am Mike Marani. And I'm Antonio Mayo. <clears throat> All right. Are you both ready to go? Ready. Perfect. We're going to choose another question from the jar today. So let's go ahead and do that. How do you use Planner? Planner. So we're kind of continuing the little series that we've had about how do you use OneNote, how do you use OneDrive, how do you use Planner? I am interested to see how this goes. Antonio, I'm especially interested to see if uh, if you fall somewhere in the middle between Mike and I being polar opposites <laughs> on how we use all of these tools, because that's how it tends to go the last few episodes. Here's Sarah, here's Mike, and Antonio's somewhere in the middle. Right. I don't know if that's going to happen on this one because I have a love-hate relationship with Planner. Oh. Uh, I have lost hours to my life in the past on Planner that I'm still trying to get back. Um, How did that happen? That's a so, good place to start. Sure. So I, I, I do like the concept of Planner, and I'm actually I, – I love the fact that Microsoft introduced this lightweight planning tool. I think the the emphasis what – I, what I learned is the emphasis is on lightweight, right? Um where I ran into issues with plan, I love the way tasks are displayed. I love how it's like a Kanban board. You can actually use it like a Kanban board. I actually tried, when it first came out, I tried to use it um, to manage a project in an agile fashion where all of our user stories were um, tasks on a planner plan. And that works nicely until you hit some of the limitations in planner. And we very quickly hit the limitations in planner. Right. The two that killed me were um, you cannot have more than 250 unassigned tasks in a plan and you cannot have more than 1500 tasks total in a plan. And although for, you know, lightweight project management, task management, those numbers feel like it's a lot. When you do have a meaningful size project, it's really easy to hit that if you're trying to manage it in a real agile fashion. So what I kind of learned from that was. It's not a replacement for something like DevOps, where Azure DevOps has a lot more capabilities for a lot more tasks. So I, maybe I was using the wrong tool in that case, but I'm still trying to get hours of my life back from Planner that I lost in that in that situation. Um, yeah, so Mike, yourself. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. That Planner, in my experience, is best if you are working on or managing um, a small project that does not require a big team with multiple or hundreds of tasks or thousands of tasks that you have mentioned uh, becomes much more difficult to manage actually because it was more of a, like a nightmare to manage a bigger project in planner uh, rather than just a traditional project plan that I'm used to. Uh, so uh, I tend to stay away from planner if there is a big project that spans over multiple phases and have six months or more of implementation time frame because you have a lot more to add uh, and then i use a lot i use planner a lot when when i have smaller projects with smaller groups of of uh, of project uh, project members and very defined scope yeah i'm actually gonna i'm, I'm gonna agree uh with mike there i think from a lightweight perspective if you're working on a small subset like a work stream on a larger project. Um, I think 
planner can work really well to help keep tasks straight between a series of, let's say, four and six or four and eight people. But if you're managing a big project, if you're trying to do resource tracking and things like that, I think it can quickly become pretty unwieldy. Um, one of the ways that I've had yuck, that I've had luck using it is to be able to literally hold like a weekly, um, weekly or a daily stand up on what's currently in flight, um, which narrows the scope of what you're looking at. I actually like the way that planner is laid out using that Kanban style. Um, but I find once you get more than like five or six different buckets for your tasks, and if you're scrolling like crazy up and down vertically within a bucket to get to your tasks, I feel like you have kind of a nice swizzle point. If you can set your scope or limit your labor labels or filter your view or group by due date, and you're looking at a subset of thing that's anywhere from, let's say, 15 to 35 or 40 tasks. That's kind of the sweet spot of where it works well. I, I think if you're trying to manage broader beyond that, it just becomes really difficult to find even the tasks that you're looking for in any one context. Right. Exactly. I would agree. Um, where we have started using it, once we we got that concept of, of using it for more lightweight, um, I'll say limited scope kind of projects is, um, in our company, every time we have a new project for a client, we spin up a team. So what we have found really useful on some projects where there are a number of deliverables, and those deliverables are sometimes it's a piece of software, sometimes it's a configuration, sometimes it's a mm -hmm. document, sometimes it's a set of workshops. Managing those, like creating a plan to manage those, and then, uh, and this is going to sound very basic, but, but it actually does help a lot, um, integrating the plan into the team through a tab, basically adding a tab to our team that shows the plan. And then like you said, Sarah, on our, our weekly or daily standups, um, reviewing that as part of our regular project updates, right? Um, and sometimes we show that to our clients where, okay, let's have our status meeting. And our status meeting is not necessarily going through a status report, but it's bringing up that board and going through the deliverables and they can see very visually where they're at. So that's been actually really nice for us. Um, yep. Yeah, it's I, I like which projects we put it onto uh, because of the point of um, just too many tasks makes it difficult, but it, it is nice. Sorry, Mike, you were going to say. No, I was going to say the same thing that one of the, the clients I work with, they do, um, they, they use Planner for multiple projects, and sometimes I am part of them, their, their project team. Uh, so from a, from a lightweight perspective, it works really well, uh, especially from the notification perspective things are coming up to you for me and then i get the notifications i go into the team i can have one view of all my actual tasks within the different teams uh, uh, in planner so that that helps quite a bit uh, it helps me kind of especially if i'm not focused a lot on a specific area of my business um, and I have to log in to another tenant that gives me all the view of all the tasks I have to do from different projects. This is really, really helpful. If you have to do it with a project plan, it's a disaster because you have to open multiple places. Uh, so having one place to go to and having a notification, having a summary of what I have to do, what's coming to you from different plans in Planner, it's so much helpful for me to kind of make the, that I'm staying on top of my tasks. Right. I really wish, though, that they would make a better integration between Planner and Outlook. 
because I don't like the automated emails that you get from planner. Either the email that says you've been assigned assigned to a task in planner, I frankly just find kind of annoying. Um, yeah. And I find that people don't look at them, they just auto delete them. And right. I don't like the, you have tasks due, you have tasks that are past due in planner because it sort of just bulk tells you a status update of your late on. I just auto delete those two. Um, and what I wish is that I could somehow flag individual tasks in my planner plan that are like key things that I need to follow up on. What I want is a single click on planner to be able to add them into my Outlook tasks pane view in my yeah. Outlook calendar, because we've talked about this a lot, that I still like using those Outlook tasks. I want a better integration point so that I can somehow see whether it's all of my planner tasks, I don't know, but I want to be able to flag some planner tasks and somehow have them appear somehow near my calendar um, yeah. in Outlook. And I feel like there just isn't a good enough integration point between those two. I agree. One uh, source of pain I've had with Planner was the uh, integration with Flow. Um, so I don't know if it's gotten better since I used to I used to work on building a lot of flows as part of a particular project or Power Automate flows when back when it was called Microsoft Flow. Um, and when um, Microsoft Flow slash Power Automate first came out, it had a connector for Planner. And using that connector was a bit painful because it was what's called a polling connector where it would it would poll periodically as opposed to um, using something like a webhook, right, for more immediate notifications. And the way the connector was built was painful because um, when you would call, when you'd make a call to um, create a task, um, you could not pass it all of the details of the task. Mm -hmm. um, you would have to make a call to create a task, and then you'd have to make another call to populate it, but you'd have to wait a period of time between them because um, uh, you couldn't call it immediately afterwards because the task wasn't done getting created yet. So there was all this kind of, you know, the connector had its issues. I'm hoping it's gotten better, but I haven't tried it in a while. So, you know, along similar lines to what you said, sir, I do wish there was better, like you said, integration with Outlook, but also better mechanisms for automating task management. I would agree with that. And, and here's a question, um, Antonio, and when you and I talk about labels, it's almost always sensitivity labels, but yeah. I like the labels in Planner. I love that we can make them color coded and that you have more choices in the color coding. Agreed. But sometimes I find that when I've gone to the work of creating labels for one project, I would sure love to be able to reuse those labels yeah. effectively in another project. Yeah. And I know of no way to be able to do that or even to drive label consistency across projects. So imagine if you're a PM, right? And you're using this as a lightweight project management tool and you want to even use the same types of labels for some of your key project milestones, you're gonna have to manually click, 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 click to recreate those in every planner plan, correct? That's right. I don't think there is any way. I think it is manual every time. Exactly. And one of the things that I kind of love and don't like with Planner, if, if you have a task and you have a checklist, sometimes you have a task that is owned by multiple people. And the right. checklist is also owned by those different individuals. You cannot assign a checklist to those different individuals, unlike you do with other tools. So sometimes you go and you put this plan together and you have all the different um, different buckets and you have different people and you have to assign this task two or three. 
and you have about, let's say, 10 checklists that you have to complete within that. Sometimes you go back and like, who is it? Who's supposed to do this checklist? You don't really remember who's supposed to do this checklist. There's no way for, for us to assign a person to a checklist. Rather you assign it. Sorry, when you say checklist, Mike, do you mean within a task, the, a task, the yeah. subtasks that you yeah. can have that have a yeah. little check mark beside them? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so you create a task and you have, you basically, it's a, it's a soft task, but you cannot assign a person to a soft task. Yeah. No. Then, and then if you have like 10 tasks, 10 soft tasks, sorry, then you go back a month later and I'm like, am I supposed to do this or someone else is supposed to do this? And then you just end up doing it or just ignore it and then hoping that someone's going to do it or communicate that uh, back with the other team members and yeah what are we supposed to do with this so this is one of the things that i don't like in the entire yeah. yeah um something that i looked at a couple of years ago after planner first came out but i haven't looked at since then and i'm wondering if you guys have a better view on this is the relationship between microsoft 365 groups and a planner plan because i get asked this a lot and so are you guys familiar with when I create a planner plan, an Office 365 group gets created behind it? Correct. Correct. And then you in that group, you've got owners and members. Right. And what are the different capabilities or is there different capabilities in the plan for if you're an owner versus if you're a member? I don't think there is any, any difference from a capability okay. perspective. I didn't think I so. I don't think that there's a capability to set up permission differences for the owners versus the members, other okay. than I would assume that maybe owners can't edit the high-level plan details like the name of the plan, et cetera, potentially. Okay. But I've never gone into that. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen I've never confirmed that either, but I didn't think so. Correct. Um you there is no difference, like but like Sarah mentioned, only probably the plan name cannot be changed. Yeah. by the member everything else is the same okay and then if the opposite happens so i create a microsoft 365 group does a planner plan automatically automatically get created for it no no you have to actually go into the group or the sharepoint site and click on the plan on the planner to create initiate that because the planner data is, is stored in different different data storages you get SharePoint, you get Exchange, and you got some Azure data storage as well. So all those tasks are stored in Azure data storage. So that does not get initiated up until you click on it um, or create it with an existing group. So how do you do that, Mike? I have a Microsoft 365 group, right? Let's say let's say I created a team and I there was a group created for that team. There's no plan yet. Mm -hmm. So how do I go create a plan associated with that group? So you have you have couple couple of options. One is um, you can go into Planner and say add to an existing Office or Microsoft 365 group, or from SharePoint site on the left nav there is a, a thing is called Plan in, in SharePoint. You click on it and it creates the planner for you. Okay, and it gets associated with the group that's associated with that site. SharePoint site, yes. As long as it's a modern team site. Correct. Okay. Very cool. It's very interesting. And I think this takes us back to a discussion that we have really frequently on the podcast, which is how are you going to enable your users 
to create new planner plans, especially if that spins up in a, a Microsoft 365 group behind the scenes, because with planner being a lightweight project management uh, capability, I think it's going to be a situation where your users are going, you want it to be highly responsive, meaning they're in a meeting, virtual or an in-person meeting. They said, let's create a planner plan and a Kanban board for this particular initiative. You don't want a long time de delay between when they think about wanting to do that and they actually get their planner plan. So if you as an organization aren't gonna allow them to self-service fulfill those M365 group requests and create their own planner plans, how long is it going to take and how arduous is the process for them to request a new planner plan and then to have you fulfill that? Because I really think that in a way planner is a lot like creating a new Yammer community, for example, that when you have that initial idea, it's got a relatively short time to live where it will successfully convert between an idea and a successful reality. And that time delay between the two will, it'll live or die by how long that time delay is. Indeed. Right. We've talked about that before, and I agree. The longer that time delay is, the less likely someone is to actually remember why they created the plan, actually make use of the plan, um, you know, really adopt the tool. Um, and I think to solve that, you've got to, organizations have to position what planner is for, for their organization, mm -hmm. right? And, and what its limits are as well, right? Because you still have organizations using Microsoft Project for big kind of mission critical projects. Right. Um, and Planner is not that, right? Um, right? Planner is also not something where you should store, I think, sensitive data or data that um, needs to follow some sort of a retention process because there is no retention capabilities for a Planner plan, right? It really does need to be something that, okay, I'm going to build this for some purpose that perhaps is not mission critical but it's important to me and if the data within the plan just goes away our organization will be okay with that right right and i think it's more of a sell for a small group tracker maybe yeah. more than a full project management capability because i'll be honest where i've successfully used it is when i want to track a very narrow quantity of tasks for a very small group of people and frankly, once a task is completed and it moves off the active board or active view uh, in Planner, I almost never go back and look at it again. That's right. Yeah. It's really a short-term timeframe management style. Yeah, and I think it needs to be positioned well to uh, to users that way, that here's what it's for. It's not a, a full-blown project management tool because all of that data that you might wanna keep for audit purposes later, it's kind of going to go away or it's going to be hard to get back to sometimes. Right. Yeah. And a way to introduce it to have some some adoption of it is to include it in if you if you add tasks by planner uh, in Microsoft Teams, uh, it's a way for, for for the end user to go and start exploring how how they can manage the task or, or the projects through through Teams planner. Um, because you can add you can add different tasks as a to do, or you can add different tasks as part of the plan, um, and you can have one view that shows everything from within Teams as well. Uh, so right. it's a good way to kind of introduce that tool uh, to the end user. Yeah, I'm always on the fence on the self service question about enabling self service because I've seen many situations where enabling self service creation for various things is great, and other customer situations where 
the customer doesn't really want to have that and self-service doesn't really work in their organization or that they have good reasons for not having self-service. But planner is something that I think um, really does benefit from self-service yeah. group creation. Um, I would agree. A low yeah. barrier to entry, because given the yeah. perspective on what we're saying that it's useful for, I think a high barrier of entry is going to rob you of the ability to hit that sweet spot. Agreed. Agreed. So, so if you do disable self-service group creation, users cannot create a plan, can they? Nope. They necessarily have to have a group, right? Correct. Right. Unless, unless they already have a SharePoint site or a team, so the group is already created, then they can create that plan. Right. Gotcha. gotcha. So, so we could... didn't disagree much on this episode about Planner. Um, hmm. Um, I think it would be interesting. We're going to have to put our, our heads together on this one because um, I wonder how successfully we could create and use a planner plan between the three of us for this podcast. There's something to think about that might lead to a little bit more disagreement about how we work a planner plan. That's right. That's right. All those Perfect. email notifications getting deleted. Yeah, we don't want those. Um, Perfect. I love this episode and I love the topic. So we hope all of you enjoyed it. Any final thoughts? Um, use it to plan your day, plan your projects lightly. Yeah, understand what it's good for and uh, what it's not good for um, so that you're making the best use of it. Yeah, I would agree. Try it out on something first that is not a mission critical or a very large and deeply scoped project with a lot of milestones and key project members and you'll be better off. Use it for a lightweight, small group effort yeah. first. And if you're using a team to manage a project, then, and you're going to use a plan, then integrate it with your team because it makes it really easy to get to. Agreed. Agreed. Perfect. Well, thank you all so much um, for the content. Love this episode. Thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.